Today, we're going to be using the book, The Four Agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz to navigate our way through the holiday season. This book is a short, easy read. It's only about two and a half hours on Audible or Libby. And even though it's an easy read, it's powerful. I've read it many times and I continue to learn new things each time I read it. And when I started to think about the holidays and the stress that the holidays can bring up in a myriad of ways, I started to think about this book. And I even share my own experience with this past Thanksgiving and how I used the four agreements to help me navigate a challenging situation with my mother-in-law. So stay tuned for that story. These four agreements will help us be able to go through the holidays in a different way, in a better way this year. Hello, and welcome to the Emotional Expedition Podcast. I'm Meg Thomas, and if you want to live a more open-hearted, magical life, it all starts with your emotions. This podcast will take you on a journey, helping you to better understand, express, release, and heal your emotions. Let's get exploring. Let's start with what are agreements? Don Miguel Ruiz says there are thousands of agreements you've made with yourself, with other people, with your dream life, with God, with society, with your parents, with your spouse, with your children. But the most important agreements are the ones you made with yourself. In these agreements, you tell yourself who you are, what you feel, what you believe, and how to behave. The result is what you call your personality. In these agreements, you say, this is what I am. This is what I believe. I can do certain things and some things I cannot do. This is reality. That is fantasy. This is possible. That is impossible. He goes on to say that one single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that make us suffer, that make us fail in life. If you want to live a life of joy and fulfillment, you have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy. But the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. And personally, I think of these agreements as beliefs, as patterns that most often we were given as children. And now it's our job to look at them and see if they're true. See if we need to make a new agreement. And one of the agreements I've been working on letting go of is the belief that I am not enough. This work is not for the faint of heart, this path of self-awareness and growth, but it is worth it, I promise. And these four life-changing agreements are, number one, be impeccable with your word. Two, don't take anything personally. Three, don't make assumptions. And four, always do your best. The first agreement, be impeccable with your word. The first agreement is the most important one, and in some ways, it's the most difficult one to honor. It sounds simple, but it's actually very powerful. Don Miguel Ruiz says, through the word, you express your creative power. It's through the word you manifest everything. Regardless of what language you speak, your intent manifests through the word. 
What you dream, what you feel, and what you really are will all be manifested through the word. And you are all probably so sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to keep saying it on this podcast over and over again is just how much the language matters, how much our words matter. And this agreement is further proof of just how much it matters. We've been given this incredible gift of speaking. What other animals on our planet speak like we do? And just with anything, there is a light and a dark side to this gift. It's a double-edged sword. Your words can create the most beautiful life around you, or your words can destroy everything around you. It's your choice. Your words can set you free or enslave you, depending on how they are used. I'm always fascinated by these stories of doctors telling their patients that they have six months, nine months, 12 months, or however long left to live. And those patients believe in the word so much that they actually die exactly six months, nine months, or 12 months from the date they were given. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this in his books, and he even goes on to share a study of people who were misdiagnosed with cancer, given a small length of time to live, and then they died only for it to be discovered that they never actually had cancer. This is the power of wor- of the word. This is the power of belief. And as someone who has experienced my own medical misdiagnosis, and I now live with the reminders of that moment in time every single day, it just shows the power of the word. But the words are only this powerful if we believe them to be true. So let's say you grow up in an environment where you're told by someone you love that you are fat, you're ugly, stupid, whatever the thing is, and you believe them. In that moment, you make an agreement that you are stupid. Doesn't matter how smart you are, as long as you have that agreement, you will believe you're stupid. And then one day, someone hooks your attention and tells you you aren't stupid. And something inside of you remembers who you truly are, and you choose to believe them. You've made a new agreement. It's as simple as that. But also, the opposite can be true. Someone can tell you you're stupid, and you still believe it. It will just reinforce the original agreement for you. Whenever we hear an opinion and believe it, we make an agreement. And it becomes a part of our belief system. And as with many patterns and beliefs, many of them happen when we're children and we're so much more susceptible to believing things that may not actually be true. I recently watched Stutz on Netflix by Jonah Hill. It's so good. I'm positive I'll be watching it again. It's a documentary that Jonah Hill made about his therapist, Phil Stutz. I cannot recommend watching this documentary enough. It received 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm not sure I've ever seen any film receive that. And there's a scene in which Jonah invites his mom, Sharon, into a therapy session with him and Stutz. And he explains to his mom that when he was a child and a doctor told him that he was overweight and then she reinforced it by essentially trying to help him lose the weight, He went on to say that how he interpreted that moment in time was the female figure in his life did not accept him and love him for who he was. And then it translated into his relationships with women as an adult. 
And there's still that part of him that believes that in that original agreement that was made. And no matter how much his body physically changed, he still sees himself as that overweight 14-year-old. And it took him a whole lot of work to do to override that programming. And what is also true is his mom was doing the absolute best she could. And she was able to share with him that in her nuclear family, her family of origin, she was the one who was perceived as bigger and was always told so by her parents. So in her desire for him to not feel the way she did growing up, she tried to help him, but in turn told him that he was not good enough. That was his interpretation. Very often these false, untrue agreements with people who love us and are just actually trying to help us. That's what makes this so tricky. So taking this scenario, for example, Imagine you come home from work, you have a migraine, you have a splitting headache, and you have a child, and she's full of joy and excitement and is singing at the top of her lungs, just being in her own little world, and you having a migraine, you eventually snap, and you tell her to shut up, and she has a terrible singing voice. That little girl, in that instant, makes an agreement with herself if she believes you, her mother. Her agreement is that she's a terrible singer and she has a terrible voice and then she spends the rest of her life not singing, not using her voice because of this agreement that she made as a child in this one moment. And the mother didn't know the power of her word. She's not to blame. But what is important is for all of us to recognize now is in the power, the power of our words. These types of agreements are hard to break, and the only way to break it is to make a new agreement based on the truth. Only the truth will set us free. A friend recently shared with me that they were told in high school that they would never amount to anything, and at that moment in time, they could have made that agreement with themselves and believed it, or they could make an agreement based on their own truth. And luckily for them, they used this moment in time to say, that's not true for me, and used it as fuel to create a really beautiful, successful life. So when you know your truth, you can override it. The word impeccable means without sin. A sin is anything you do that goes against yourself. And Don Miguel Ruiz says, everything you feel or believe or say that goes against yourself is a sin. You go against yourself when you judge or blame yourself for anything. Being without sin is exactly the opposite. Being impeccable is not going against yourself. When you are impeccable, you take responsibility for your actions, but you do not judge or blame yourself. He goes on to say, we must begin to understand what the word is and what the word does. If you understand the first agreement, be impeccable with your word, you begin to see all the changes that can happen in your life. Changes first in the way you deal with yourself and later in the way you deal with other people, especially those you love the most. You can measure the impeccability of your word by your level of self-love. How much you love yourself and how you feel about yourself are directly proportionate to the quality and integrity of your word. When you're impeccable with your word, you feel good, you feel happy, and at peace. And I'm going to repeat that sentence again. It's important. 
You can measure the impeccability of your word by your level of self-love. How much you love yourself and how you feel about yourself are directly proportionate to the quality and integrity of your word. So now that we understand the first agreement and its power, let's talk about it, what it means to be impeccable with your words this holiday season. Ram Das said one of my most favorite quotes. He said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. Our families can bring out the best and the worst in us. And for some of us, holidays mean spending more time with our families than we typically do. The first thing we have to remember is we can't change or control anyone else, no matter how much we want to and how hard we try. We can only control ourselves and how we show up. So here are the first agreement holiday tips. The first tip is be impeccable with your words. You be the example. Speak from love rather than fear. Be conscious of your words. And when you do make a mistake like we all do, forgive yourself. And if necessary, make amends. If you catch yourself immediately, you can say, hey, that didn't come out quite right. Can I try again? Or I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. What I really meant to say is, or if you're like me and you don't catch yourself in the moment, but rather at 3 a.m. you wake up and replay the conversation, you can apologize the next day. When you know better, you do better. The next tip is, If someone says something to you that doesn't sit right with you and someone says something to you about your weight or what you're eating or whatever it might be, pause and ask yourself if it's true for you. Because if you believe it to be true, you'll continue to reinforce that belief about yourself. But if it isn't true and you have that awareness, then you will not let it become an agreement for you. Sometimes that's enough. Right there, just having that awareness for yourself. And sometimes it might require a response. Like to someone, you'll say, when you say this, I feel this. Letting the other person know the power of their words. And the last tip for being impeccable with your words is in regards to gossip. According to Don Miguel Ruiz, gossiping has become the main form of communication in human society. It's become the way we feel close to each other because it makes us feel better to see someone else feel as badly as we do. So to be impeccable with your word is to not start any gossiping conversations. And to do that, just run everything you think about saying through this filter. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to share, is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? It's got to be a yes to all three of those things. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? If it's a yes, then go ahead and share. But very often, it will not be a yes to at least one of those. And those are the moments we can hold back on. And lastly, if you are in a conversation that turns into gossip, you can choose to walk away or attempt to shut it down by changing the subject or saying you don't feel comfortable talking about so-and-so. Agreement number two, don't take anything personally. The next three agreements are really born from the first agreement. And this one in particular might be the hardest for me at this time. This is the one I'm currently working on, and this podcast has kicked up a lot of it. The key to not taking anything personally 
is not taking anything good or bad said about you personally. So let's start with the positive. Now I'm about 22 episodes into this podcast. I've received a lot of positive feedback. And there's two different flavors or ways that I've received this feedback. The first way is someone sends me a text or a message thanking me for a particular episode and then goes on to share how they used that information to do something different in their lives. For instance, after both the fear and the vulnerability episodes, people were sending me their stories of how they were inspired to be more vulnerable or brave in their own lives. I live for this. When this happens, I receive it. And on the Thanksgiving episode, we learned that receiving gratitude is the best way to experience gratitude. So that's what these moments are about for me. This is my why, why I do this. So we can all learn and do better together. So we can all be brave together. These moments I receive fully. And this kind of moment is not what I'm referring to when I say don't take it personally. The other type of positive feedback is when someone sends a message that I'm amazing or I'm the best or when someone posts on my social media about my looks or someone gives me this sort of what we would typically perceive as a positive compliment. I don't take that personally because when I make someone happy, they're going to tell me I'm the best. And then when I don't make them happy, they're going to tell me I'm the worst This is everywhere on social media. We see it all the time. The work here is to not let it affect you because you know who you are and you don't have that need to be accepted. Believe me, this is hard work. It's easier for me to say it than it is for me to do it. Don Miguel Ruiz says, no, I don't take it personally. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, I know is your problem and not my problem. It's the way you see the world. It's nothing personal because you were dealing with yourself, not with me. Others are going to have their own opinion according to their belief system. So nothing they think about me is really about me, but it is about them. The way others perceive you is actually about them and the agreements that they've made with life. That's the lens at which they're viewing the world. This is where that saying of hurt people hurt people come from. When someone's happy, they're viewing the world through that lens. And when they're hurt, they're viewing the world through that lens. So what they say towards you is truly just a reflection of their own internal state. So that's why we can't take things personally, the good or the bad. Anything that others say about us, we can't take it personal. One of my favorite Wayne Dyer quotes is, What other people think of me is none of my business. I think of this quote often. We need to know who we are and love who we are so we don't fall prey or victim to what others say about us. And I get it. (laughs) I get how hard this is. I keep having my own experiences with this agreement in particular, and I don't always get this one right. For instance, since launching this podcast, my mother and my sister have never mentioned one word to me about ever listening to the podcast or any of the episodes. I've had to keep moving forward without any sort of validation from either of them, two people who I've been seeking validation from my entire life. 
And the only way I can keep going forward is to remind myself daily to not take it personally that it's not about me. This work is hard. And the only antidote I've found, which we kind of touched upon in the first agreement, is self-love. It's that if I love myself and I know who I am, then I don't need others' validation to keep moving forward. As long as I know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing, I can keep going and not get stuck. But it's a battle for me. This podcast has really shined a light on my desire for external validation and has given me the greatest opportunity to learn to validate myself, to love myself. And like I said, it hasn't been easy. And if there's negative self-talk going on in your own head, don't take that personally either. And the antidote for that, yes, you guessed it, more self-love, more self-compassion. And we're going to do an entire episode on self-compassion, so stay tuned for that one. Here's some tips for not taking anything personally at the holidays. Don't take anything personally, positively or negatively. Recognize it's a reflection of whomever is saying it to you in the state that they are in. Write this on your hand, put it on a post-it, put it on your mirrors, write, don't take it personally, so you are reminded of this over and over again until you get it, till you really get it. And when you burn the mashed potatoes and you begin to tell yourself that you're a terrible cook and you don't ever do anything right, Don't take that inner dialogue personally either. Sprinkle yourself with self-compassion, reminding yourself that everyone makes mistakes and no one's perfect. And so what? You burn the mashed potatoes. And lastly, if someone does say something to you that stings or hurts you, it's because a part of you believes them. Dig deep into that belief, that agreement, and assess if it's true or if it's time to make a new agreement with yourself. Our families can offer us some of our greatest opportunities for growth and shedding our old beliefs that are no longer serving us. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. We have a tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem arises when we believe them to be true. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking, and then we take it personally. We misunderstand. Don Miguel Ruiz says, because we're afraid to ask for clarification, we make assumptions and we believe we're right about assumptions. Then we defend our assumptions and try to make someone else be wrong. It's always better to ask questions than to make an assumption because assumptions set us up for suffering. This is the story that I was going to share. This just happened to me this past Thanksgiving with my mother-in-law. For the past few years, we've gone to Maine for Thanksgiving and have not had Thanksgiving with Ian's family. This year, we were not going to Maine and Ian had to work all day. So I was left alone to figure out what I was going to do on my favorite holiday of the year. Leading up to the event, I hadn't heard anything from my mother-in-law, but I also knew that I was always welcome there with or without Ian. In the day before Thanksgiving, my father-in-law texted me to see if I was coming, and I did not respond to his text. This was a failure on my part. And so Thanksgiving came and went, and I did not go to my in-laws. The next day, I received a Facebook message from my mother-in-law asking if I was upset with her. This was her making an assumption, 
but also being vulnerable enough to ask if it was true or not. This was her having the courage to gain clarification because when we make assumptions, it takes a whole lot of courage to ask for clarification. And the reason we can't make assumptions is because very often they aren't true. The stories we're making up in our head are not true. She had an assumption that by me not going, that I was mad at her, which also goes into the agreement of not taking things personally, because what was actually true was so far from me being mad. Here's why I didn't go. Ian wasn't going to be with me, so that factored into my decision. I am currently experiencing the worst SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth flare-up that I've ever had which basically means I can't eat any of the delicious holiday foods, and I was already testing my willpower by going to my family's Thanksgiving at my aunt's house that day. I wanted to take the dog for a hike that morning, so he would be tired out and okay if I left him alone for a few hours. And then my best friend was moving across the country the next day, and I wanted to see her and say our goodbyes. So none of the reasons for me not going to Thanksgiving had anything to do with me being upset with my in-laws. It was all about me. This is the perfect example of why we can't take things personally and why we can't make assumptions. And yes, next time I will text back. I am admittedly terrible at texting. Another place we tend to make assumptions is in our relationships with our partners. We assume that our partners know what we want without us having to say it. Heck, we actually just want our partners to know exactly what we're wanting without us having to ask for it, because somehow in the asking for what we want, it discredits our relationship. They should just know, right? And Ian and I have had to work really hard at this one, and like anything, It gets easier and easier the more you do it. I can say that this one has gotten easier for me. He works a lot, so when he would have a day off, I used to just assume we were going to spend the entire day together doing things I wanted to do. And I've learned through many disappointing days that it was my assumption, or as Brene Brown calls them, unexpressed expectations that get me into trouble. So now, the night or day before leading up to him having time off, we talk about what our expectations are and see if we can meet somewhere in the middle rather than both of us going off on our own assumptions. Don Miguel Ruiz says, we make all sorts of assumptions because we don't have the courage to ask questions. These assumptions are made so fast and unconsciously most of the time because we have agreements to communicate this way. We've agreed that it's not safe to ask a question. We've agreed that if people love us, they should know what we want or how we feel. When we believe something, we assume we are right about it to the point we will even destroy relationships in order to defend our position. He goes on to say that we make the assumption that everyone sees life just the way we do. We assume that others think the way we think, feel the way we feel, judge the way we judge, and abuse the way we abuse. This is the biggest assumption that humans make, and that's why we have a fear of being ourselves around others, because we think everyone will judge us, victimize us, abuse us, and blame us as we do to ourselves. So even before others have a chance to reject us, we have already rejected ourselves. This is the way the human mind works. So the holiday tips for not making assumptions are number one, 
ask questions. The way to keep yourself from making assumptions is to ask questions. Make sure the communication's clear. If you don't understand something, ask. Have the courage to ask questions until you are as clear as you can be. And even then, do not assume that you know all there is to know about any given situation. Once you hear the answer, you will have to make assumptions. You won't have to make assumptions because you'll know the truth. And my favorite way to frame this comes from Brene Brown's work. When you find yourself making an assumption about something and you recognize that maybe it might not be entirely true, say this. Whoever you're talking to, say, the story I'm telling myself is dot, 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 dot. This allows you to tell the story you're creating in your head, and it opens the door for communication and clarification. The story I'm telling myself is, so in the case of my mother-in-law, it would be the story she was telling herself was that I was upset with her because I didn't go to Thanksgiving. And that would open the door for me to be able to clarify what my part of the story was. And the last tip is ask for what you need. Find your voice and ask for what you need. Don't assume others know what you need or what you desire. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. This fourth agreement allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. Recognize that your best is never going to be the same from moment to moment. You may wake up and be full of life and energy and your best will look very different than the end of the day when you're totally exhausted. What our best is changes. It looks different when we're sick than when we're healthy. Your best will also change over time. What your best was five years ago could look very different from what your best is now. And when you start to practice and live your life with these four agreements, your best will continue to change. I love this story. There was a man who wanted to transcend his suffering. So he went to a Buddhist temple to find a master to help him. He went to the master and asked, Master, if I meditate for four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, If you meditate four hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in ten years. Thinking he could do better, the man then said, Oh, master, what if I meditated eight hours a day? How long will it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, If you meditate eight hours a day, Perhaps you will transcend in 20 years. But why? Why will it take me longer if I meditate more? The man asked. The master replied, You are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You are here to live, to be happy, and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life. Do your best, and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, love, and be happy. And Don Miguel Ruiz says, when you do your best, you learn to accept yourself. But you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning from your mistakes means you look honestly at the results and keep practicing. This increases your awareness. He goes on to say that the first agreements will only work if you do your best. Don't expect that you'll always be able to be impeccable with your words. Your routine habits are too strong and too firmly rooted in your mind, but you can do your best. Don't expect that you will never take anything personally. Just do your best. Don't expect you will never make another assumption. 
but you can certainly do your best. By doing your best, the habits of misusing your word, taking things personally, and making assumptions will become weaker and less frequent with time. You don't need to judge yourself, feel guilty, or punish yourself if you cannot keep these agreements. If you're doing your best, you will feel good about yourself even if you still make assumptions, still take things personally, and are not impeccable with your words. So the final tips for the fourth agreement for this holiday season and really for every single day of our lives are do your best and recognize your best will shift and change and hopefully continue to grow. And know that everyone around you is also doing their best with the tools they have. And I wish you a wonderful holiday season and may you be impeccable with your word. May you not take anything personally. May you not make assumptions. And may you do your best. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for listening. And if you loved this episode, will you please share it with a friend or two? Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you're sure to never miss a single episode. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.